morning, everyone. We're here for public forum. Public forum is an opportunity for the public to get up and speak about anything they'd like to discuss. you talking about the money, how we don't pay for it. I'm telling you now, I'm against the taxpayers' money. I'm against the development center money, taxes. We need to use that money for projects we're doing on the beach, okay? Get a 501c started. Let's get donations. I grant you people in Santa Rosa County would donate. I would donate. I just do not want to use any tax money for the flag. And I'm not against the flag. I got a 30-foot pole in my yard with an American flag. I just don't want taxpayers' money going towards the flag. As you may have expected, there was an interesting conversation about the Florida's largest flag diversion, uh, uh, red herring, um, false flag operation. Dang it! I can't think of a, I just can't think of the right term I want here. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, you know, we talked about this a bunch last week, but the actual meeting where they had uh, some real conversation about this issue on Thursday in the Santa Rosa County Commission meeting, uh, Kerry Smith kicked it all off. That was Ray Eddington a little bit later in the meeting, but Kerry Smith kicked it all off. So are we, we're broadcasting out to the world. We need flagpole people to come in. I don't know. What are we saying? I don't know. That's what I'm trying to understand. I just need the board's direction here and staff. I think it's very simple. Just go out for quotes for a proposed the um, flagpole as you discussed and I assume staff will get together and get some basic specifications and then you'll have some information at a future meeting about the proposed cost because the only reason why I'm asking is I'm getting a good share of emails so I don't know how to answer what exactly we're, we're proposing to do are we proposing yeah, what? <laughs> don't know what we're proposing. Gary Smith there asking the question and talking about, you know, one of the more serious elements of expense in this project of putting a big old flagpole up in Santa Rosa County somewhere is going to be replacing the flag. I know I've got a flagpole in my yard and I re my wife and I were talking about it. We replace our three by five flag five times a year is what we did last year. So key notes here to keep in mind. Gary Smith has got a three by five flag. Ray Eddington's got a 30-foot flag pole. Replacement on the small flag is five times a year. Remember, we talked to Devan Cook uh, last uh, week, and he said that that's a Santa Rosa County Administrator, Devan Cook. We talked to him last week, and he said that they would expect to have to replace this flag two to three times a year. I'd be guessing that the bigger flags have a little bit more durability to them than the smaller flags, but, you know, if we're going to put $10,000 into one of these things, I just have all kinds of weird questions, like how do you take it down how many people does it take to keep that thing off the ground? You know, that kind of stuff I'm just curious about. I don't know the answer to these things. Um, so uh, Colton Wright says, well, I don't even know what we're asking bids for since we don't know anything about this project other than that it's got to be over 200 feet and big. What I'm trying to say is we don't know what the scope of work is yet, Okay. so it's hard to identify. That's like saying, give me an idea what it would cost to build a house. Uh-huh. 
but going, well, I don't know where the location of the house is going to be. I don't know which piece of property I'm going to put it on. I really don't know if I'm going to do a two-story or a three-story mm-hmm. or a 1,500 square foot or 1,800 square foot. And that's not the, I'm, I'm, this is not against the idea of the project at all. I'm just saying I think right now the only thing we could, as a board, really do is provide direction to staff to please do the research. Yeah, I actually thought that was a pretty good comparison. You're like, all right, build me a big old flag. Okay, well, build me a big old house. How many bedrooms? Where do you want it? You know, what's the substrate that you're building in right all the kind of stuff that would go on and so james calkins says well you know i understand all of your thoughts about the i mean he doesn't really get into all of it but you know i sit carrie smith had said the um archie glover boat ramp uh somewhere more visible to like tourists along i-10 was kind of a you know a thing that we all thought i thought was kind of a subtle thing james calkins says no nah, i like it right here at the administrative complex you know to really celebrate the greatness of santa rosa government the foundation is this parking lot 200 foot pole okay so there was so much discussion the other day about all these other locations i felt like that was that was where the confusion was so if we're if we're back on strictly based on the improvements to this parking lot with with which we know the grant funding that's going to do do some of that uh if we're back to this facility i'm comfortable with with asking for quotes and bids specific to this facility. Yeah, because, I mean, now you're talking about the house on this particular location. Even if it's not the right location, maybe we get enough information in the process and then later we can make a decision. And they're still having this conversation about, you know, should government pay for this? Should it be private money only? Should we be doing fundraising? Should there be, you know, tourism money, right? Um, And then, I I don't know. There was an odd moment. Because this was just after we had gotten news uh, earlier that day about the Marines who died in that helicopter crash out in California. And I always feel extra troubled by these things because, you know, those folks trained here at NAS Whiting Field. That's where they learned how to fly helos. You know, all the Marines, all of the Navy, all your Coast Guard, all your helo pilots go through Whiting. And a big chunk of your non-helo pilots, you know, your fixed-wing pilots go through there as well. And so, you know, they weren't from here, but they were through here, right? That means they're from here, right? And so, you know, I'm partial to that idea but it's just you know commissioner Calkins has a way of saying a thing that might otherwise seem like it would be serious and then it just kind of feels icky you know here the uh veterans memorial had that there was folks that donated to that there was folks that donated down there at the park down in the var park same thing but you had to have a foundation you had to have a start and that's what this is today. We had, today was a tragic, horrible thing that, that we just got on the news today. Five Marines were killed today. And I would love to get this going today to honor those brave Marines and all our military in this county. I mean, first it was kind of, if you're patriotic enough, you'll join me. And now it's, if you care about the Marines, you'll <laughs> It gives me the willies, honestly. 517 here on News Radio 92.3. But then, you know, things became a little bit funny after that because there have already been the jokes online about, you know, well, what's the kind of person that feels the need to prove who they are by putting up the biggest anything? <laughs> you know, what's why you got to have that big, loud truck, sir? You know, <laughs> why, what, what are you trying to show? What are you, uh, anyway, so, so I, <laughs> I can't make this up. Ray Eddington mentioned his 30-foot flagpole. You ready? This is, this is this is my favorite part. Carrie Smith. One thing I got out of you, Commissioner Eddington, now I got to go buy me a new flag because you know I'm a competitor. And mine's 27 feet tall. 
So now, daggone it, I'm going to have to spend some more money because I'm going to have the tallest flag on this board. <laughs> well, you need to go ahead and get a bigger flag because I got a four by six. <laughs> so he's got my flagpole's bigger than your flagpole, and my flag is also bigger than your flag. <laughs> it sounds like I'm watching King of the Hill. It, it really does. <laughs> Cough. Cough. It does. It does seem. It, I don't know. It. It was so funny. And then, because by the way, this this comes back again. Um, where was the? Uh, uh, there was there was a part at the end where. Um, Sam Parker kind of got got in. Oh yeah, here, here it is. Okay, I love the idea. I mean, I'm hey, you know what? Y'all both got me beat. My flag, my flag ain't 27 feet in the air on the front <laughs> of the house. But um, I I did used to for a fun fact. I don't know if I've ever told Carrie this. I said I started years ago with every house I would ever, uh, whether it was one I renovated or one I was helping somebody sell, we'd put an American flag on the front. So you know, Ray, you got a 30 and a four by six and. You know, uh, Carrie, you got a 27 and a 3 by 5 but I tell you, every house I ever did has a flag on it. I got you by number. <laughs> Just, it, you know, and Calkins, I mean, you know, 200-foot pole, right? I mean, it's just a weird conversation. So we talked about this a lot last week. I, I still think, I think the best arguments are that it's something interesting, it's worth doing, it's, I... There is a part of me that just hates to spend the money. But as I said in the transgressors through satire, but seriously, um, big, interesting, touristy, public works, patriotism stuff, you always appreciate it after it exists. And we've been having a lot of conversations recently about, you know, priorities and what it shows. And, you know, for example, people said quite a lot, we got flooding issues. Why don't you fix our flooding issues? How much flooding issues do you think you're going to fix with $200,000? I mean, it's, it is a drop in your storm drain, okay? It's nothing. I mean, it's not zero, but it's not really in the conversation, not really. And then we're, you know, on a broader scale, people are having this conversation online, a very snarky conversation about the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, evangelical videos, the Christian videos, the Jesus ads on the Super Bowl. You know, the one that was Jesus was people washing feet. And then the other one was, um, what was the other one? Oh, it was just people getting along, I think. I'm trying to remember now what the other one even was. It just suddenly went out of my head. Wasn't it like the, the face it showed? You oh, know? yeah, that's right. The faces yeah. of, of your who's your neighbor. That's yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and, you know, the online snark is, uh, you know, well, look, if you... Um, think that spending a hundred million dollars on two Super Bowl videos is the idea of Christianity maybe you need to go back and read that book again well okay every choice you make to put a dollar into a church is a choice you make not to put a dollar into somebody's mouth who's hungry I mean you know you can say that same thing about a whole range of topics. And we have a lot of money put into churches in the world, right? And so there's this there's always been this kind of argument about well, is that the right way to spend Christian money? Is that the right cuz you know, if you've got 100 million dollars to buy Super Bowl ads, you know, how much could you do with that? Well, maybe you could do a fair amount. But then again, in the grand scheme of homelessness in this country, how much do you think $100 million is really going to do? 
I mean, it would do a lot in Pensacola. But across the whole country and reaching, what was the 100 and, no, 200 million, it was 100, 120 million people watching every average moment for the Super Bowl, biggest broadcast in history. Uh, and you're going to reach 120 million people with a message of the gospel somehow or other? I don't know. That's that's not a ridiculous thing. That's an ad people saw and people noticed and people remembered a lot better than a lot of the other ads. And of course, while you're at it, you got people who run companies and they spent fifty, a hundred million dollars on one or two ads for thirty seconds to promote some stupid product or some movie that's not even gonna come out for ten months. How about that money gets spent on the home. You know, like, you can always find a way to say somebody's not virtue signaling properly, they're not living up to the gospel properly, they're not doing their values properly because, you know, they could have spent this money on a, a more basic version of something that you understand from the Bible. You don't understand what people's calling is on their life. You don't understand exactly what they might be trying to accomplish. And I'm not, I'm not saying we can't ever criticize, okay? Uh, you know, I'm not— there are times when I look at some of the churches that exist and I think, really? <laughs> but I'm the same guy who then walks into a cathedral and is like, oh, wow, you know? So I just think it's very easy to be dismissive about the way money gets spent and to sort of say, I've got right on my side because I can embarrass you for another way to spend the money that you're spending on a Super Bowl ad promoting a cause or the uh, the other way you could spend the money to build a tallest flag that I actually agree with Commissioner Calkins really would be an interesting thing that people would probably go out of their way to see and would probably even wind up being a tourist attraction to a degree. You know, Ray Eddington says he needs all that money for Navarre Beach improvements. I, oh, okay. I don't know. What are the improvements? You know, everything in a budget is like that. You know, I buy my sons a, um, I don't know, coffee, candy bar, dessert, better quality steak instead of hamburger. Could have given that money to, uh, you know, Waterfront or Manna or Loaves and Fishes. Could have. Am I a hypocrite? Because Like, it's all of that kind of hyper-critical condemning way of thinking that if you get too wrapped up in that, you probably won't ever feel comfortable spending anything. And you're kind of, I don't know, it's like it's hard to live under that level of guilt-based scrutiny for anything, whether it's government programs or religious spending or personal habits. So I guess this is my sort of long, winding way of saying relax a little. (laughs) You know, just relax a little and, um, you know, do the stuff that makes sense to you and advocate for the things that uh, seem to make a difference. 525 on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. Hi, I'm Terrence A. Gross. As many of you know, I am a local board certified personal injury lawyer and I have practiced in this community for almost 40 years. Our law firm handles only people that have been injured due to the negligence of another. Join me this Wednesday at 1030 on Pep Talk as we discuss all aspects of personal injury law. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. 
<laughs> oh, this cold. Honey? Honey? Honey, you need DayQuil Severe Honey. DayQuil Severe Honey gives you powerful cold and flu symptom relief with a honey-licious taste. Because life doesn't stop for a cold. Okay, I'm ready to go. <coughs> now I'm getting a cold. Honey. Try DayQuil Severe Honey for powerful cold and flu relief. DayQuil Severe with honey flavor. The daytime coughing, aching, stuffy head, fever, honey-licious, power through your day, medicine. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. Hey, Joe Montana here. Back in my football days, I knew the importance of a strong defense. Now I'm sharing how you can help defend your health against pneumococcal pneumonia, a bacterial lung disease that can be life-threatening. If you're 65 or older or 19 or older with certain chronic conditions like diabetes or asthma, you're at increased risk. Talk to your doctor or pharmacist about vaccination and learn more at knowpneumonia.com. That's K-N-O-W pneumonia.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. Wrap up your day with all of the national, state, local sports and entertainment news with Pensacola right now with Joe and Austin on News Radio 92.3. The very worst thing you can do right now is bore me. mentioned in the course of that whole uh, discussion about the flag in Santa Rosa County that um, uh, Devan Cook, and we talked to him about the cost, and uh, Devan Cook is resigning, retiring, resigning. Uh, he was going to retire in December, and he decided to kind of accelerate after the election, you know, and he decided to kind of accelerate that timetable. I mean, he's been at the county for like 46 years or something, so, um, you know, he's leaving, and, you know, what's the timing of it exactly mean? Is he you know, reacting to something, you know, I talked to him a little bit yesterday and, um, you know, basically the short version is, uh, look, you know, it's time. And, uh, Brad Baker is going to make a great County, com- uh, County administrator. Um, obviously they're going to have to approve him for that, but, uh, he would be the obvious person to step in. And there was a lot of stability brought in when, uh, Devan came on and Brad came up from where he had been before. Uh, but I would, I would be very surprised if the commissioners do anything other than make Brad the interim and then, quite frankly, uh, make him the permanent, you know, after six months or something like that. So he's, he's not going to be done until, like, April. He's given him, like, 90 days. But um, So that means that uh, Milton is without a city administrator, although rumors are that Randy Jorgensen might come back. South Santa Rosa News or somebody in Navarro, I forget who it was that mentioned that yesterday, that he might be willing to come back. I think it was South Santa Rosa News. Um, so that'll be interesting. They're going to talk about that tonight at the meeting. Milton, could be drama. Anyway, uh, just and also, uh, you know, Santa Rosa is going to be without an administrator, although not really because Brad Baker. Uh, what do you have uh, in your news right now, Steve? Well, police in Houston are releasing more details on the shooter at the Joel Olstein's megachurch. Early reports say shooter Genesee Moreno had a history of mental illness and was involved in a dispute with her Jewish ex-husband. Authorities said yesterday she had an anti-Semitic background and a sticker that read Palestine that was attached, attached to the butt of her rifle. Former President Donald Trump's filed an emergency application with the U.S. Supreme Court asking the justices to stay last week's appeals court decision that rejected his claim to absolute immunity from prosecution in special counsel Jack Smith's election interference case. Trump, who in August pleaded not guilty to charges of undertaking a criminal scheme to overturn the results of the 2020 election, is seeking the dismissal of the case on the grounds he has absolute immunity from prosecution for actions he took while serving in the nation's highest office. And that's what's happening. All right, Steve. Another Trump at the Supreme Court case, of course. Which is, I mean, not surprising. That's what we expected all along. But, um, you know, (laughs) it's, it's almost like a contest now. 
like, uh, you know, who's got the tallest flagpole in their yard in Santa Rosa County? How many how many cases can you get in front of the Supreme Court before you're up for an election this year? Fox News, I'm C.J. Papa. The Senate votes on the $95 billion foreign aid package money earmarked for Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan. Mr. Vance, no. Mr. Wicker, Mr. Wicker, I. The bill receives enough votes to pass it now will move to the House, but it's not clear if it will make it through the lower chamber. Polls are open in New York's Long Island for the seat of expelled Congressman George Santos. The special election in New York's 3rd Congressional District between Republican Mozzie Pillip and Democrat Tom Suozzi could also serve as a bellwether this November. Democrats are eyeing swing suburban districts like this one to take back the House. Abortion, crime and immigration are some of the issues dominating this race. Fox's Madeline Rivera, Nor'easter already dropping snow on the Northeast, up to a foot expected in some areas. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning. It's 531, 49 degrees and cloudy right now. I'm Steve Taylor for News Radio Pensacola. There will be a change in the leadership of Santa Rosa County. News Radio's Joe Ford has more. Devan Cook tells us he's stepping down as county administrator. According to a letter sent to county commissioners, Cook is requesting to work through April 30th and use accrued leave time through May 31st. He did not give a reason for his resignation, but says he appreciates those who have supported him over the last two and a half years. It's anticipated that Assistant County Administrator Brad Baker would serve as administrator in the interim. Joe Ford, News Radio 92.3. One lawmaker is proposing that the legislature in Florida closely examine the elimination of property tax in Florida over the next 12 months. HB 1371 would create an in-depth study on the feasibility of removing property taxes, but it'll come at a cost. The bill would require the Office of Program Policy Analysis and Government Accountability to conduct a study, and if the legislature moves forward with the idea after the study, it will make Florida the first state in history without both property tax or state income income tax. In place of those lost taxes, though, a new tax, consumption tax, or a higher sales tax. And that's an idea some lawmakers question. If this passes and the state relies on a consumption tax, there could be some issues if the economy takes a turn for the worse. Less spending means less money collected in that tax. Right now, the main focus of the study is, deter- is to determine the price point that could make it possible. A Florida Highway Patrol has been laid to rest. 26-year-old Zachary Fake was killed in a crash involving a semi along I-95 in Port St. Lucie. Governor DeSantis was among those speaking at his memorial service yesterday. His pursuit of a dangerous felon felon cost him his life, but there's no question that his actions saved the lives of other people. Fink was pursuing 30-year-old Michael Addison after the felon had sped away from a previous traffic stop attempt. The man was clocked at a speed as high as 140 miles an hour in a car that was not registered to him. Addison was eventually apprehended as being held without bond. Well, looks like today's going to be sunny. Maybe we'll check the forecast from Channel 3. This is meteorologist Brooke Richardson with your first morning weather update. We are going to be seeing a beautiful sunny day today with temperatures warming up into the 60s. High today near 64 degrees. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 43 degrees. For Wednesday, nice sunny skies return. High near 62. Wednesday night, temperatures dropping near 40. Beautiful weather for our Thursday as well with a high near 65 degrees. Stay connected to Channel 3 News First Morning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. Thanks, Brooke. Right now, 49 in Pensacola, 51 in Gulf Breeze, and 50 degrees in Milton at 535. The next news is at 6, breaking news anytime. I'm Steve Taylor for News Radio Pensacola. Informative, local, dependable. 
Are you ready for a triple dose of wit, insight, and laughter? Tune in to News Radio Pensacola for the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show from 11 to 2. Your daily dose of engaging conversation and hilarious banter. Join Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins as they tackle the biggest news stories, pop culture moments, and everything in between. They'll keep you entertained, informed, and laughing out loud from start to finish. Don't miss a minute of the fun. Tune in to the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show, 11 till 2 on News Radio Pensacola. For a short month, February sure has a lot going on. The big game, Mardi Gras, Valentine's, and President's Day, to name a few. So, what else can we celebrate? How about a very low interest rate and $500 cash when you finance a 2024 Volkswagen at Feedmore Imports? That's right. Feedmore Imports now offers 1.9% financing for 48 months on all 2024 Tiguan and Taos models, plus $500 customer cash. The 2024 Tiguan S from 29101 and financing for 1.9% at 48 months. The 2024 Taos S from 24991 and 1.9% financing at 48 months. Plus the 2024 Volkswagen Jetta S now from 22481 with available financing of 1.9 at 48 months. These deals won't last long, so hurry to feed more imports. They're not in Car City, but at 106 New Warrington Road, Pensacola. Special APR rates and bonus cash from qualifying credit. Must take retail delivery by March 4th, 2024. See you for details. Investing in times like these can be scary if you don't have the right person at the helm of your finances. Armada Advisors will put you on the right path for success. Join Wesley Odom with Armada Advisors to find a better way you can successfully invest your money and enjoy your retirement. Tune in to the Pensacola Expert Panel this morning at 10. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Serving overseas was just the beginning. We might be home from war, but our mission continues in communities all across the country. It's why we're out there in times of peace and crisis, providing meals to the hungry and supplies to the sick. It's why we're giving strength to those who are too weak and bringing resources to those without them. Service doesn't stop when we're done serving. It's what makes us the VFW. Learn more at vfw.org. It's News Radio Pensacola on 92.3, 95.3, AM 1620, the website, the app, or your smart device. It's news on your terms. like these have made national headlines. Police officers inadvertently overdosing on drugs, the ones they're charged with removing from the streets. Santa Rosa County Sheriff Bob Johnson says he hopes his deputies are never put in that situation. We've got two of them in narcotics right now. They're $8,000 a piece, and um, we got them through FDLE and the SAFE Act. So when they have to test it, this machine is perfect. I mean, they never have to handle the product, they never have to take it out of the bag, and they can examine it and it'll come up and it'll tell them exactly what kind of powder is in there. So that's Santa Rosa Sheriff Bob Johnson talking with Channel 3 the other day about these true narc machines that allow the the deputies to test a substance without having to touch it, which is a pretty sweet advantage. We talked about that with the sheriff yesterday. Sheriff, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. 
Hey, good morning, Andrew. Good morning. So this seems like a not, I mean, literally a life-saving device. Did you guys just get these recently, these uh, TrueNARC devices? Um, we've had them for a few months now, and we've used them, oh, hundreds of times. They're so good for the officers. I mean, it just gives them peace of mind so they don't have to handle anything that possibly has fentanyl in it, which is a great thing. It seems like the only problem is I wish we had one for everybody. How expensive are they? 8000 apiece. Ooh. I still want yeah, them for everybody. <laughs> you know, I, or I, I do too, and what— we're trying to get two more through the same act. So if we can do that, what I'd like to have is two in narcotics and then one for uh, the north end of the county and one for the south end for, you know, with supervisors so they can use them if they need them. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. And I mean, the, the level of accuracy, I know you mentioned that they're highly accurate and then you send it off and it's completely accurate. But man, just the idea that some unknown powder, you can, you know, wave a wand over it and know as opposed to having to touch it, strip it, do whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's fabulous. I love it. Yeah. Um, it, ha- it has over 500 things that it can tell what it is, too. So they actually did some powder the other day, and it was confectionery sugar, and that's what it came back as. Oh, well, good. So it can <laughs> it gives you positives and negatives. That's I mean, of course. And not just like yeah. it's not yeah. drugs, but it tells you what it is. So, oh, that's why. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Um, you yeah. guys had a, yeah. a big, big incident take place. You had a, um, a guy who I guess has now been arrested for a murder that came in originally as somebody was missing out of Milton, right? Yeah, basically we got a tip, and um, an, uh, I believe it was an anonymous tip about um, a missing person. And um, when we went up to investigate, um, we got enough probable cause for search warrant, searched the individual's home, and we found weapons in the home, and he's a convicted felon. So we originally just arrested him on that. And then later on, um, we discovered a shallow grave, and um, yeah, so he's now arrested on charge of second-degree murder. So the initial... So somebody had called an anonymous trip tip, I'm, I'm assuming Crime Stoppers, and that led you to the person and the weapons, which a felon cannot have. But the grave was a like search incident to the other things that were going on. It was because that's how I had been confused about this story. How did somebody know that there was a grave? But that's something you discovered while on the property. Right. Okay. Right. And I can't go into it too much because it's still ongoing. But yeah, it um, it basically you know, led us to the house and then the house led us to the property. And then of course we discovered the grave. I got you. I know we have cadaver dogs. Was this a case where the dogs were useful or was this a case where just eyesight was enough to discover the grave? No, the the grave was actually discovered by a cadaver dog. Oh, it was. Okay. So I was right about that suspicion. Okay. Very good. And I know, like you say, you can't say too much, so I won't, I won't ask you too much more about it. Um, you did also have a, um, I think it was an FHP chase, but it wound up that you guys were involved in the canine apprehension of somebody speeding on I-10. Is that right? Yeah. And this guy was a real idiot. He, uh, he actually got on the, he started going uh, eastbound in the westbound lanes. Okay which is, you know, obviously is pretty problematic. Uh, I believe FHP ended up uh, doing a pit maneuver on him, knocking him into the woods. And uh, once he was in, knocked into the woods, I saw the body cam video. He wouldn't get out of the vehicle. The door was open, so they let the dog loose, and the dog convinced him to get out. <laughs> the dog can be fairly <laughs> persuasive. <laughs> 
Yes, they can. Yeah, wow. Yep, pain compliance is a wonderful thing. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, hang on, <laughs> Sheriff, hang on for just a second. Let me get a real quick traffic on the fives here, but I want to come back to you because I want to talk about church safety. Um, Sheriff, I, I did want to ask you, just because obviously this shooting that took place at Lakeland, uh, the campus for the mega yeah. church with Joel Osteen at Texas over the weekend yesterday, my first thought when I heard that is, you know what? It's been schools and big box stores and churches seem to have been the target. And I know you guys do, you know, help with churches and teach them. But uh, what was your thought about this case or just in general about church safety? Yeah, every time you see something like this, you know, it just hurts you. It's, um, it, it was a terrible incident, not only for, you know, the people in the church, but also for the officer who had to kill that lady. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just... You know, a lot of people think, well, officers get into it to kill people. Well, no, we don't. We, we want to help people. But um, I'll tell you this much, church safety in Santa Rosa County, um, you've heard my press conferences. I, I implore everybody to get a handgun that can legally own one and protect themselves at all times. But we put on classes for all the churches that ask for it. And also we have security details. So off-duty details, we have uh, people or off-duty deputies that will sit at churches uh, across the county every Sunday. Um, they hire them out. And I personally do security for my church. And, um, you know, we have several armed individuals in my church just for this reason. And, I, you know, I I know some people, you know, in, in Christian circles don't love the idea of, you know, guns in church or around a church. Um, I just think these days yeah. it's a you know, it's it's a necessity. And, if you know, maybe you're a small church and you don't have enough resources to hire somebody. But, um, small churches particularly because, you know, people are crazy and they don't, they, I mean, they just, they do the evil things that they do. So I really, really recommend that people get with y'all to learn stuff because, I mean, I assume yes. you would tell them this, that um, situational awareness, thinking about people who come in, I know you want to think of them as an evangelical opportunity, but you got to also think of them as a threat. I mean, that's, both are possible, right? Yeah, and we teach, you know, basically what we teach is one point of entry. You know, back in the day, churches would have five, six different doors you could come in. Mm-hmm. They're all unlocked. Well, now it's one point of entry, and at that entry point, you're going to have at least one person with a handgun, obviously concealed, um, you know, monitoring. And if you see somebody come in and he's never been to the church before and he's carrying a duffel bag or something, and I mean, you watch people like that, um, and you stand near them if they go into the worship uh, center. And it's just a lot of common sense stuff, but and it's unfortunate. And you're right, Christians don't really want people in their churches with guns, but they, I believe they see the necessity of it. I mean, you'd much rather have a good guy with a gun in your church than a bad guy with a gun in your church, and nobody to defend against it. And the old rule is, if you know, if 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 you see something weird, say something to somebody who can do something. I was I was at the grocery store over the weekend, yeah. and I saw two people come in that you know looked mildly suspicious to me. And one right before, yeah. you know, one went right and went through the food and one went left and went to the line. And I'm like, mm, that's weird. And then, you know, I kind of watched them for a yeah. second and it got weirder. And I'm like, all right, I'm telling somebody. So I went and I found a cop that was around because it's a place where there's more often somebody. And I told him just because I didn't want to have something happen and me not have said something. You know what I mean? And it, it didn't yeah, quite it didn't exactly. quite rise to the level of 911. But pay attention. Have your eyes open and be helpful. You know, right? Yeah. And you reporting something like that. You're never going to hear a cop say, well, you know, mind your own business or whatever. <laughs> you know, we prefer, even if you think it's something minor, it may be minor to you, but it may be major to somebody else. You don't know. Right. And we get that all the time. People, you know, seeing a crime or seeing something they think's a crime. They, well, I didn't think you know, y'all would care. Or, you know, I thought somebody else maybe would report it. And it's like, no, 
that's why you call. And that's what we're here for. Well, Sheriff, I super appreciate the time this morning. Obviously, I appreciate that you help our churches and everybody to be safer. And even that you take time out of your busy schedule to go down and help uh, oversee the medical examiners of the state of Florida. That's a very important role for you to have uh, at that conference uh, or at the, uh, the commission meeting. Sheriff Bob Johnson, Santa Rosa County Sheriff. Sir, thank you as always. We'll talk to you next Monday. Thank you, Andrew. Absolutely. 546 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. You know, if you're thinking about buying or selling a home, trying to figure out what to do, when to do it, you know, when's the right time, what's the market doing, uh, what can I afford, what will I be able to afford in six months if I wait, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Now, are you thinking about first home? Are you thinking about a second or third? Upgrading, downgrading, downsizing, getting a rental, you know, okay, you, you get it. This is the space. Christina Lovenworth and her team at Levin Rinky Realty, they'll help you with that. Uh, they work with all of these scenarios. They understand the market. They sold 175 homes here locally last year. That's pretty good. And uh, they will figure out what it is you want, help you to make it happen. That's what Christine always tells me. It's like her favorite thing in the world is just to meet new people and help them accomplish their goals. Uh, and she's really, really good at it. 723-9158 for Christina Leavenworth and her team at Levin Rinky Realty. Hi, I'm Billy Anderson with Anderson Subaru in Pensacola. Your road to adventure starts with the 2024 Subaru Outback and the 2024 Subaru Forester. Both come standard with symmetrical all-wheel drive for confidence along the way. The Subaru Outback, according to Kelly Blue Book, is one of the best family cars of 2023. And according to Auto Trader and my good friend Max here, the Subaru Forester is one of the 2023 best cars for dog lovers. For information on all the awards and accolades from Kelly Blue Book and Auto Trader on the Subaru brand, the Subaru Outback, and the Subaru Forester, visit kellyblueboockbb.com and autotrader.com. Whether you're a Forester family or an Outback family, your road to adventure starts in a Subaru from Anderson Subaru. Go where love takes you. Anderson Subaru, Highway 29, just north of Car City, Pensacola, online at andersonsubaru.com. Anderson's got a Subaru for you. Kelly Blue Book is a registered trademark of Kelly Blue Book Company, Incorporated. Auto Trader is a registered trademark and used with permission. In the world of payroll and HR services, things can get complicated. There are so many moving parts in business. At Avalon HR, we understand these complications and have your back. Join us tomorrow, 10 o'clock, on the Pensacola Expert Panel as we guide you through the complicated world of payroll and HR services. Running a business is busy work. Allow Avalon HR to work with you. Join us tomorrow on the Pensacola Expert Panel at 10 on News Radio 1620-923 FM. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 923 AM 1620. Mom, can we have some ice cream? I've got a better idea. Who wants to help me make something fun and healthy instead? Me! Me! Eating smarter is easy and delicious. Interested in receiving healthy recipes and a whole lot more in your email? Then register at healthiestweightfl.com and learn more about all the small steps that you can take on the way to living healthy. This message is sponsored by the Ounce of Prevention Fund of Florida, the Florida Department of Health, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. Hobbies can be fun and expensive. How about a hobby that's fun and could make you money? Find out how this Thursday morning at 10 with Emerald Coast Coins. Hear about precious metals and metal detectors as a great hobby. For nearly 20 years, Emerald Coast Coins has been one of the top-rated businesses in Northwest Florida to buy and sell gold, silver, and the best metal detectors to find treasure. Get more information about this Thursday morning on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Start your mornings off informed with all things Pensacola on the Pensacola Morning News with Andrew McKay on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. 
Back in the 60s, I developed a weather-changing machine, which was, in essence, a sophisticated heat beam, which we called a laser. Using these lasers... Fifty here on News Radio ninety two three. Cold, cold. This was not good. Yesterday I was wearing shorts. I was taking my son up to school, and uh, it was about seven o'clock at night. And I dropped him off, and then you know I went over to get a cup of coffee, and uh, I get out of the car. I'm like, <laughs> what's happening here? Threw a sweatshirt on because you know I always carry one in the car with me. I had, it, I mean, I had shorts and a t-shirt on yesterday, and then I get out of the car. I'm like, oh, this is sweatshirt material, and it con- that just continued to drop overnight. I mean, it was like forty six. A little bit earlier this morning. So uh, cold this morning, but up to, I don't know, 60 or something like that later today. Still going to be cold today. Uh, in the newsroom this morning, we've got uh, Steve Taylor sitting in for David Wayne all this week. Steve? Well, good morning. The Senate passed a $95.3 billion foreign aid bill with assistance for Ukraine and Israel in a vote early this morning, setting up a showdown with the House as Speaker Mike Johnson has criticized the legislation. The foreign aid package includes billions of dollars to support Ukraine and for security assistance for Israel, as well as humanitarian assistance for civilians in Gaza, the West Bank, and Ukraine, among other priorities. It's unclear whether Johnson would hold a vote on it, and many House Republicans are opposed to further aid to Ukraine. And speaking of Ukraine, they claim it is evidence Russia fired an advanced hypersonic missile, one that experts say is almost impossible to shoot down. That's for the first time in almost uh, two years since that war began. The government-run Kiev Scientific Research Institute says in a Telegram post, which is a newspaper there, the debris re- uh, recovered after a February 7th attack on the Ukrainian capital pointed to the use of the Zircon hypersonic cruise missile by the Russian military. Basically, its hypersonic speed makes it invulnerable to even the best Western missile defenses like the Patriot. Uh, Basically, the speed of that missile is at Mach 8, which is translated to almost 6,138 miles an hour. Well, when a stray cat interrupted a husband's wedding vows to his wife, the newlyweds did more than just take the incident in stride. Kara and Matt Hemden, basically, they adopted the cat and named it, named it Daisy to make the feline an official part of the new family after crashing the September wedding. See, Daisy seemingly chose the right wedding to attend as uh, basically the couple is a cat couple, and the pair was midway through the ceremony, and uh, then a little purring had erupted from the shrubbery behind the altar. And the bride says she was intently listening, listening to her soon-to-be husband as he delivered his vows when she noticed the crowd and the wedding court were all laughing and figured out why, and that's basically they adopted the cat, and that was their wedding. All right, Steve, thanks so much for the update. 5.53 here on News Radio 92.3. Um... In, interesting stuff going A lot of stuff out of the Pensacola City Council meeting last week and the Escambia County Commission meeting. Uh, one of the things that came up in the uh, agenda review last week for Pensacola City Council is, uh, you know, we were talking with uh, Sheriff uh, Johnson uh, about the true narc devices. Well, this apparently is like, I guess it's a relatively new technology and everybody wants them because the Sheriff's Department and PPD also want them. You had Tommy White, who is with the Opioid Abatement Board, was giving a presentation to the Pensacola City Council talking about all the other agencies locally that want to get these too. With the, they're using law enforcement trust fund money, which is certainly uh, appropriate to you. Or, no, sorry, not law enforcement trust fund, but um, opioid uh, settlement money they're going to use for this. Part of that is the sheriff's request for their funding for the true narc mach- uh, machines in which 
for detection. And the other part of that is going to be for the Pensacola the Police Department for their request for the uh, same type of machine, the True Narc machines. Yeah, and how many do they want? The Sheriff Department came and requested 14 analyzers. Uh, that was $490,000 um, that they requested. Now, so as the math on that is a lot different than what Bob told us. Sheriff Johnson said that theirs were, what, 8000 a piece, right? Well, that's like thirty-five grand a piece. So mm. I wonder if there are different kinds of devices of some kind that, you know, I'm just really, I'm going to talk with Sheriff um, uh, Chip Simmons about that this morning at 735. I'm not really sure. But uh, also, similarly, the math didn't work for me when he was talking about how many PPD wants. For the Pensacola Police Department, they came and did a request. Um, there's was, a, you know, a few less machines because of the number of officers. That request was 150000 up from 80000 that they had previously requested. Yeah, and what did Bob tell us he's got? In, currently, he's got two or four across the whole county. He wants to get a couple more. Um, and then Corrections wants them, too, because obviously the jail has to deal with substance. You know, people are always trying to smuggle stuff into the jail. Coming up next in this next meeting, Monday, we'll have the Department of uh, Escambia County Corrections. They're going to come and ask for funding also. Yeah, so I mean, everybody wants them. Like I said, we'll talk to the sheriff about that today and find out more about, you know, what they're intending to do and how many they need and how much they cost. I just feel like I don't I don't have a good fix on it anymore of how much, you know, and, you know, how many we should really have. Because it seems like if, you know, a couple thousand dollars, you'd have as many as you can get, really, to save these officers' lives and give them the ability to field test these narcotics. 555 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. This is a note. I don't have a lot of details to tell you. I've tried to find out a little bit, and I just kind of, I don't know. I, I, I tried to work up the chain of command on this a little bit, and I didn't go very far because I thought, eh, I, <laughs> I don't know how much it's worth to keep pursuing. But a um, billion dollars that the military, the Navy, is sinking into barracks improvements. And if you know that the Navy is spending a lot of money on barracks improvements, then you would also suspect that maybe they're going to spend a lot of money here at NAS Pensacola. And it's true. Uh, Destiny Sibbert tells, uh, who is this, military.com, that um, she's a spokeswoman for Navy's Installation Command, that the uh, admiral who oversees all the service barracks and buildings has a commitment from the Chief of Naval Operations, Admiral Lisa Franchetti, CNO, to fully fund the Navy's unaccompanied housing and morale, welfare, and recreation, uh, MWR, uh, gym sustainment budget by this October. Also, 100% funding for housing and gyms. We've never done that before. And the service says it's also going to spend an additional $718 million on uh, barracks improvements. And this would be uh, just $50 million just to replace furnishings in the barracks. And so if you go on down in the article, uh, Navy alone was found to have about 5,000 service members living in substandard barracks as of March of last year. The standard that uh, both Gould and the GAO refer to, uh, Government Accountability Office, referred to is the Defense Department's minimum configuration and privacy standards that say a sailor up to the rank of petty officer third class should have a private bedroom with a minimum of 90 square feet. It's not a lot. A kitchenette and a bathroom they share with only one other person if they live in a room without a living room. Um, if the barracks are assigned to has a living room, standard falls to a shared bedroom with one other person, minimum 72 square feet per person but full kitchen. And then this is the part... Uh, Gould explained the Navy already has construction projects underway to update buildings on Naval Air Station Oceana in Virginia, do work on the dorms at Naval Air Station Pensacola in Florida, and replace barracks at Naval Base Coronado in California and expand the barracks in Rota, Spain. And they're also starting to look at improving the barracks at a base in Djibouti. So um, 
like I said, I had um, I had asked, you know, uh, local, you know, like base, base command, basically, you know, hey, can we come on and talk about this? And he said, uh, you, you know, you got to talk up the chain to these and these folks. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> I was, I, it's it, it's not that I get scared calling Big Navy. It's just that it doesn't always pan out, and it's a lot of work to arrange, you know, interviews with some of these folks. And so I, I think I'd rather just say, here's what we know. And it looks like a bunch of money is going to be spent on barracks improvements and housing improvements uh, uh, across the Navy, something that is often an issue that you hear about. And um, just I wanted to let you know about it because I know a lot of people in the military listen at this time of the morning. Uh, 5.58 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. If you're thinking about that next vehicle, Frontier Motors, a great place to buy good quality used cars. Almost new, cars that are one, two, three years old will last you a long time. The kind of car that Dave Ramsey recommends where you buy it now, drive it for you know, five or ten years, put 200,000 miles on it, and then maybe trade in. Had to sneeze that time. Bless you. And trade in on a newer one. Um, they specialize in that. They specialize in good quality used cars, and they have a whole massive selection on the lot. 300 that you can, you know, compare side-by-side, side, drive which, like, drive several of them and see what you want to take away. And if they don't have exactly it, they can find it for you. Frontier Motors, serving the Pensacola community for more than 25 years, behind the big buffalo on Beverly Parkway. Be sure to tell them Andrew McKay says hi. Listen on air at 92.3, 95.3, and AM 1620. News Radio 92.3, WNRP, Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.